going deep, folks, because December is for Dracula. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. After watching the the last three movies, I've learned one thing. Uh, I got I got to take notes. Oh yeah, um, I'd agree with you, but I'd like to hear your theory on why you got to take notes. Well, I, I will say one thing though. I feel personally responsible for what kind of reviews we give based on these movies. <laughs> um, I don't. You know, these. Um, well, we watched. I watched these like over the last week, or uh, the last one over a week ago. Um. And while these are great movies, I mean, they have great things about them. They're also, there's a lot of padded melodrama (laughs) that I wasn't quite expecting. Oh, it's like the definition of melodrama. Like, pretty much. Like, I, textbook. In fact, I was talking about it with a friend who'd seen uh, a lot of these movies, and uh, she's like, oh, but I uh, I love Christopher Lee. I'm like, yes, you're right. He's awesome. But when he's not on screen, then what? (laughs) (laughs) Crickets, silence, the Carpathian Mountains, a red-headed stranger, an <laughs> innkeeper that me. knows more than he's letting on, but he doesn't bother to warn anybody who comes down the same fucking road for several years at a time. You, you know what I mean? Like, that guy's collecting, let's see, the innkeeper's collecting their last meal, so they're coming in, they're drinking his, they're, they're, they're buying his wine, they're, eat, they're eating his food. Um, you know he's taking a cut from the coachman that just dumps people there. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, what are we talking about, folks? We're talking about a place called Carlsbad. Although, I think the name of the village changes over the course of some of the movies, even though, like, literally, this is back in the day where, you, like, these production companies were essentially, like, operated like little countries. Like, their sets did not change. I mean, this is the same Dracula castle that you've seen in the first movie, which you would see over the next four movies. It's the same... It looks like the same wooded area, even the same road, the cursed road that we're talking about, where all he collects all his victims or people encountered. Like literally, like there is no exposition or setup in these movies. Like main characters just encounter each other along the road, and then they all end up at the little local tavern, which is conveniently located next to the local church. But all funerals take place in the back room of the tavern. So, casts of ale, caskets of dead bodies. Keep that in mind, folks. And what are we talking about? We're talking about December is for Dracula. We've been going through historical documents and records here and rewatching all the horror films. Well, not all the horror films. There'd be too many. All the Dracula films that came from Hammer films in the horror genre from the 50s. But we're now, we actually got to a new decade. Incredibly, we are now kicking it with Dracula in the 60s. So these are the three entries in the series that evolved over 60 66 and 69. Wow. So there we are. What Dave was talking about, extensive note-taking could be just because there's a lot of information behind the scenes, and you could try to keep up with the directors and the actors and the fights over the screenplays and the actors' moods and attitudes, or do you just mean, like, trying to pay attention to what's going on and what's relevant and what is just trash? Uh, Yeah, kind of the latter. Uh, 
you know, like I said, I watched this about a week ago. So, you know, I, I like I said, uh, you well, know, which one? You, the, I the Brides of Dracula. Yeah. Um, this one, I think, might upon reflection, might be the best of the next three we're going to watch. Um, at least, yeah, at least when I, Van Helsing I, I comes hang on. on uh... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Van Helsing does make a re- does reappear in the Brides of Dracula nineteen sixty, but Dracula doesn't. Um, Dracula doesn't swing around again until uh, Dracula: Prince of Darkness in sixty six. So I guess it depends on again which side of the fight you're on. Like if you're a Hel- Van Helsing fan, or you're in Dracula's corner, or neither. Well, it, it, I guess. It, well, I think in this movie, I was uh, in Brides of Dracula more in Van Helsing's. Well. Mm. I guess, I guess that's easy to say because Dracula is not in it, but I'm not uh, the uh, the vampires in this one. The brides are not very as charismatic as Dracula. Oh sure. Okay, so what Dave is talking about is the brides of Dracula 1960. There's a young Baron who's inherited the Dracula's curse, who's kept locked away by his mother, which is the family secret they're trying to hide. And then, of course, every once in a while she gets a victim for him. They have a nutty maid that works for them. She's in on it. Um, eventually he gets, he breaks out of his castle and his mom becomes one of his victims. Then she's a vampire and then he's terrorizing the local village and there's a girl score. There's a school for girls somewhere, which is like the classic Germanic boarding school that you always hear about in the country, which is kind of just like, <laughs> what's that other movie that they remade? Oh, Suspiria. Yeah. Supposedly yeah. has a school like that tucked away somewhere. You know, you just hear about these charm schools or something. I mean, and you kind of, I mean, you essentially follow a governess, like a, a like a teacher or whatever, or some lady that's going, wait, is she an attendee or is she a teacher? Do you remember? In. Redhead in number f- number two. <laughs> I like, don't, uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I thought she was going to be like an instructor there or something, but then she's just kind of, actually, she's just boarded with one of the other girls there, so maybe she's a student. Anyway, this chick, like, she gets lost, the the coach doesn't wait for her. The innkeeper, again, he he's happy to take people's money, but he doesn't want to really solve your problems, and he has no solutions for you. It seems like the same actor in every movie, although his sideburns change a little bit. It's just basically a slightly <laughs> overweight innkeeper, but I, I, it looks like the same dude. Hard to say, but it's basically the same character. Him and his wife run the inn, and that's it. Um, So she ends up at this baron's castle, and they, they start talking about like the cult of Dracula. Which is a new concept that they only introduce via voiceover, as an excuse to have vampires in the sequel. Because, as you said, Dracula's dust. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they quickly found a way to write a sequel in voiceover, which is like, I guess is that I guess that's how they did it back in the day. Like, like, oh man, we didn't give ourselves an opportunity to create a sequel, but yet we want to make another one. Okay, you just write something for the title card. Dude will say it. We'll accept it, and everybody would just be cool with the rules at that point. <laughs> like, it's still the same screenwriter. I mean, it looks like the same screenwriter writes like the first couple of ones, and then then there's some fight over the third one, and then like even the original director is out by number four. D- dude, dude's out, you know. Right. Um, I think it's because it's starting to fall apart. By the time they reintroduce Dracula, like he's coming back in when the scripts suck and like the movies are falling apart. So it's like, is that like the saving grace? So like, oh, we got to get Christopher Lee back in here. Um, I don't know. Uh, between a couple of these sequels, did you know that he went to France and shot a movie called Dracula's Son, which is a comedy about Dracula and his kid? Mm-mm. Yeah, okay. So, 
he gets he's getting burned out about playing Dracula, and he says all these offensive comments in his career about portraying Dracula, and then he shoots off to France and makes a comedy about it. But it's essentially the same Dracula character from the Hammer films, except <laughs> he has a kid who's going through like you know puberty. Well, <laughs> it's it, called Dracula. In all fairness, that was probably during his hungry years. He's like, got to uh, take work where he can get it. I guess so. But then later on, like a hundred years of horror is like a documentary that he will then narrate and star in. That's a great little series if you've ever watched it, actually. Yeah, I've I watched know. it. I might revisit it. I mean, they stuck it on Amazon, so I, maybe I'll I mean, go back. I mean, it's it is a it is a TV show from uh, the '90s, so it is very video editor horrific, if oh, that's yeah, a word. It's hardcore video, video in its glory days, star wipe. Exactly, yeah. it's that kind of level. I'm not even joking. Uh, sound on tape with jock shuttle editing, nice. <laughs> People don't know what I'm talking about. Go get two tape decks and then find out the glorious of cutting it into a tape. Okay. Um, So anyway, the Baron has more charisma than Dracula. Actually, David Peel's doing a pretty good job. I looked at this actor and I'm like, oh shit, he literally does nothing before or after this movie. He's fucking done. (laughs) Like, what the the hell? Like, uh, but again, I mean, we're talking about like, these are factory films, like, they have a set. They use the set for all of their movies. Like some of these sets are used in other horror films. Like they have the same actors. You've seen them die in Dracula, and then you see them die in the Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, it's that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but that's that's I mean that's just strategy. I mean that most uh, most good horror uh, horror masters or whatever. I mean use that like you know fucking um, Roger Corman would do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Hell, it even went all the way down to like Charles Band. Uh, Full Moon Pictures. He he bought like a castle. He bought a land with castles and shit. So he makes a lot of movies with castles in them. <laughs> you know. Oh, I didn't know he actually owned property with castles on it. And that's. Uh, well, I mean, he bought like uh, he bought Dila De Laurentiis's um, sets or uh, st- studio from um, in uh, uh, France, not France, uh, the uh, Italy at one point. I could be getting some of the details wrong, but like he bought like the studio. In uh, in Europe, I want so, that property, Dave. I want so that like, property. I mean, didn't you notice, like, in the late '80s, uh, when you watched a lot of full moon movies, there was like stuff with castles, like yeah, um, yeah the whole there's a subspecies, which is a series of all right. Subspecies is weird. The main character is a vampire who's actually very much like Dracula, but he has a magical item called the Bloodstone, and he can summon these little goblins to do his bidding. And the goblins are the subspecies, as far as what I remember. That's what the subspecies is referring to. Um, and that's a strange, like, the full moon movies all exist in the same universe. So, like, characters encounter each other over the course of different movies. Like, Dollman fights the, the demonic toys. Right. Um, and Dollman's his own sci-fi thing. But then, like, uh, subspecies crosses with a movie called Vampire Journals. Which is, if anybody <laughs> wants to know where Twilight comes from, it's a predecessor. But it's better. <laughs> like, it's right. more of a horror film. But there's a vampire in there who's connected to the the vampire brothers that are from subspecies, and he's like a, I don't know, an underling of them. But he's trying to escape anyway. He will, and, you know so much more about full moon. And then I think, <laughs> and I think that guy, I think his name is Ash, like the brooding vampire with a heart in in vampire journals. His name is Ash, and I think later on they kill him in one of the subspecies movies. Spoiler alert! Like he goes after the the, the main um, vampire and his brother, uh, Radu, I think is the name, and that's uh, Radu is actually the name of the younger brother of the real Vlad Tepish in real life. 
the real Vlad the Impaler's younger brother was Radu. Um, but those movies are made in Budapest. And in some species, you get to see like them being chased by like the police from Budapest. It's kind of funny. Hmm. Um, yeah, I know a lot about Full Moon. I've watched a lot of their movies. <laughs> but getting back to Brides of Dracula. Yeah, exactly. But getting back to the movies we're to talk about. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, Hammer, noticed... Hammer has that history. Like I was tying it into yeah. Full Moon that they, they own a lot of sets. They're going to use them. <laughs> we've watched a lot of these movies now. And we're in like the middle. We're like in like. You talk about how like in movies there's like a second act lull where the second act slows down and it, right before the climax mm-hmm. is deciding again. I feel like that's where we're at with these sequels because there's there's like seven of them and we're like in the middle of these movies and it's starting to the churn is starting to slow down a little bit. Um, and they're blending together, but like I said, each one of these movies has vampiric brides. Usually there's a redheaded victim. Usually it's the redhead goes first. Um, and, and Dracula dies kind of in silly ways. I mean, I mean, like, he's not in the second one. So first of all, we're just dealing with like, I feel like this whole movie exists just to bring Dracula back in some ways, um, maybe on a metaphorical level. But it takes a half hour before you even see Van Helsing. Right. That's why I thought this movie was like. Um, I mean, I could say that about all four of them, but I mean, this movie, this movie really dragged until Van Helsing came on about the halfway point. Mm. Um, yeah, it's literally. I I tried to clock it because I kept going. Where's Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Like, okay, how are they going to relate this? And of course, the girl falls down. You know, on the coach road. Um. And then he's like, "Oh, I'll help you. I'm a doctor." And then they of course <laughs> they go to the inn. They go to the inn, you know, for some mutton and some ale. And then, boom! There's a priest there. Oh, you're Van Helsing. Cool, man. Um, you might want this. And he hands him holy water. G. <laughs> G. <laughs> like, and then he kind of looks at it, which is really funny because it's like you see Peter Cushing trying to process his 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 business in the scene, and it's like he's got to indicate to the camera that we should pay attention to that little vial of holy water. That's gonna mean something, folks. You need to pay attention right now. <laughs> Thank you, Peter Vincent. Not Peter Vincent. I keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter Cushing, um. for showing us the way with your little vial of holy water. Well, what I will say is, like, I watching this one, it felt like I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I was it was a little late at night, but it felt like uh, a lot of horror movies after this took from this movie. Like, this movie mm. feels like an early setup, like an old time setup of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, except in what way? Just like the damsel in distress angle, or like the just the group of friends that are in like sexuality, or like what do you like which which angle? Just the um, in the beginning, uh, the idea of uh, the group of young people getting dropped off at the scary place. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I got like a pre uh, or a, a, a Victorian era. Wait, are you going Texas... into Prince of Darkness now? I think you're talking about like the four friends in Prince of Darkness. Oh crap! Am I again? Yeah, yeah. Like you you're said, these movies around. blend okay, we're together. Not we're not quite there yet. Unless you want to wrap up. Okay, I'll just do this. Okay. So we've already established that he needs that holy water. The Baron's out, and he decides to play around with all the girls at the school because they have no security. Somehow, Peter, or so, well, Peter Cushing playing Van Helsing, somehow Van Helsing manages to get himself bitten like an amateur. Like, I feel like in the original movie, he kind of warned Jonathan Harker on how to handle this Dracula shit. Then he shows up in Brides of Dracula, and he's fucking it up from, like, the very beginning. He falls under their hypnosis. He, like... Let's him talk him into some bad ideas and, and going to places he shouldn't go to. 
He also tries to fight them at night, which seems like that's like Vampire Killer 101 shit. But then also the vampires suddenly turn into bats in this movie, which there's no precedence for this because we haven't, like, if the first movie established the ground rules, there's no superpowers except for drinking blood. Like, Dracula doesn't even hypnotize people in the first movie. But now these vampires are, like, suggestively telling you to do things with their eyeballs. They can turn into bats. And holy water is suddenly a thing, which we didn't even know if religion was a weapon in the first movie, really. It was more just like people were superstitious, clinging to the cross or clinging to, you know, cloves of garlic, right? Mm. Like village superstitions. So, and again, you chase Dracula through his castle, you knock some shit over. Somehow they end up at a windmill. I don't, I don't remember how they got to the windmill, to be honest with you. That's when I was kind of tuning out. But they're in a windmill <laughs> in a fucking barn, and then shit gets lit on fire. They leave Van Helsing there to transform into a vampire himself. And, like, the Baron, you know, Dracula Jr., what have you, Baron, or Dracula's nephew, whatever, we don't exactly know the cult of Dracula. We don't even know if they're blood relatives or just, like, they were having sex with Dracula in the forest and they became vampires. I mean, it's very unclear exactly. Anyway, they just needed another vampire and they killed Dracula. So, again, you know, here he is. Um, So... They're fighting with him, but then, like I said, dude gets bit. He decides this is a good idea. Instead of just drinking the holy water or pouring the holy water on his wound, he burns himself first. He's going to try to burn out the infection, apparently. And then he pours the holy water on it, and it magically dissolves the wound. He's not going to turn into a vampire. And I'm thinking, if there's some kind of, like, uh, chemical transfixiation here or transmorgification and, like, we're talking about, like, there's some bacteria or some, I I don't know what you want to call that. Is it supernatural or is it, like, is it an infection? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? And then, and then he, and then he pours the holy water on it, and the thing goes away. So I would have been happier with you're a doctor, dude. You think you have a bacterial infection? That water might have certain properties. You clean it out, you're done. Not this burn it first, then throw the holy water on it. But I guess, I mean, in 1960, that must have seemed like a good idea. Like, hey, this will be cool, and this will be cool in a movie. Let's do this. (laughs) Windmill burns down. It's all dramatic. The brides are confused. Like, they're not very good at being vampires. I mean, let's face it, folks. They're 1960 eye candy who happened to die, and then they're still undead eye candy. Um, Sorry. I don't know what else to say about that. I didn't cast them. I didn't make the movie. I watched it. You're right. Guilty of watching it. Um, they kind of scurry away. I don't even remember if the brides get killed, but like uh, the Baron sure does, because then what's left of the holy water gets thrown in his face. He starts to melt. And then, like, I love how Van Helsing kind of just, like, goes and pokes the body. <laughs> like, he's right. kind of like, yeah, got him. That's why I'm a doctor. I poked <laughs> him with a stick. Dude's fucking dead. Certified. <laughs> like that's it and guys that's the that's it for Brides of Dracula now we can talk about Prince of Darkness what Dave was talking about is although, although I'm sorry just real quick oh, before ahead. we I'll move on yeah. I do want to say the one bright spot because I feel like I've been beating up on Brides of Dracula but I did like one thing which was um, I think you mentioned her the, the, the maid or the, the um, oh yes the, uh, there's the that scene where, where the lady nuts. um she, uh, the 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 vampire was coming up from the grave from the uh, from the coffin and she's just going nuts. Yeah, exactly. 
that performance from that lady just she goes off the wall just so excited like it was a bright spot of that movie <laughs> well see that i mean that was the thing like cameras would just turn on and roll while people gave their monologues i mean that was this was that era right you know this was this was like this was like opera on film like that's what we're talking about here grandiose shit uh then you got prince of darkness Starts out, kind of got a party vibe. I mean, we are in the mid-60s, so hey, everybody's saying, hey, what's going on? <laughs> they seem like Americans to me, but are they supposed to be English travelers? Anyway, four English travelers arrive at the tiny hamlet in the Carpathian Mountains. Again, it's the same town, folks. Some movies call it Carlsbad. Some movies say Carlstad. Some movies say something completely different, unpronounceable. So who who really knows? This movie calls it Carlsbad, but it's also known as the Domain of Count Dracula. Then a driverless carriage pulls up, and this seems like a great idea to get in with your friends and party. It's almost like taking the, the, the party limousine, right? Or a mm-hmm. party bus. So this is like the medieval version of a party bus. It has no driver. They get into it. Charles, who's like the main friend, thinks that he can drive it. He can't, and he's telling his friends in the carriage, sorry, guys, I want to go left, have to go right. They're at Dracula's castle. They get sucked in. Some dude... I don't know. I don't even know who this guy is. He's got a shitty haircut, and he captures the more gullible version. Like, dude, the other there's okay. There's two couples essentially, right? And again, there's a redhead and a blonde, and then there's a gullible guy and a guy that seems to have his shit together. What's unique about this movie though is the fucking there's a badass parishioner like or a parish master. I don't know what are they, like are these. I don't even know what kind of like, they're, they're not Catholics. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't even know what kind of... It seems like the secular church in this movie is kind of confused. At one point, it feels like the Church of England. Another point, it feels like Greek Orthodox. But then it is some bit of Catholicism because of the rosaries. You know what I mean? Like, mm. it, it seems like a hodgepodge to me. Can you figure out? Have you been able to figure this out? Like, they're doing funeral arrangements, right? Mm. It's It actually happens before the party goers are there. But then dude gets off his horse... He's a pretty stocky guy. He reminds me of Brian uh, Blessed, but he's, it's not Brian Blessed. But this guy, he's got a, he's like, he walks a walk and talks a talk. Like, he's actually swinging a bigger dick than Van Helsing is. He's, he, do you know what I mean? Right. This, pre- this preacher is like, hey, 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 hey. You're going to bury this girl the normal way, or I'm going to take you all up on blasphemy charges. You guys have ruined my whole fucking day. Bury her normally. Don't drive a stake through her heart. She didn't know vampire killed her. Then he goes and hangs out at the inn. He's drinking mulled wine. Um... He talks to these travelers. They're at Dracula's castle. And then somehow, maybe you remember this clearly, one of them gets strung up, and then they, they he gets bled out over Dracula's ashes by, like, some dude with mm. a bad haircut. That's right. That's right? right. Who's the dude with the bad haircut? Like, where did this fucking guy come from? He's just, like, <sighs> hanging out at Dracula's castle, just kind of like, yeah, you got into the coach with no drivers. You know what I mean? Well, that—that was the thing that can because I was watching him like, okay, so Dracula's dead as dead can be. He's Mm -hmm. dust, as you said. How the fuck are they gonna bring bring him back? All it took was just some random dude's blood. Well, and here's the thing: like they're over the course of these movies, the series, they're picking and choosing which rules in Bram Stoker's novel to follow. And there's there's very clear guidelines and mythology given out for Dracula, so. They do talk about you got to scatter his ashes to the four winds because if if any of it's clustered together, he can come back. So, huh. 
I mean, they and nobody bothered to really scatter them. They just kind of left them in the <laughs> no, library. That'll be fine. <laughs> just like, just <laughs> Don't worry like, about it. Nobody's going to come and drip blood on it. Yeah, and then they talk about, like, you got to destroy a vampire's coffin, and they just left his coffin right in the open. So whoever this guy with the bad haircut is that's like, you know, like Andy Warhol, but in 1835 or whatever, like, he, like, with a slightly worse haircut, comes out, He's got the coffin in the ashes, and he drains the blood of one of these dudes. Not Charles, because Charles got his shit together. Um, Charles's friend, who I don't even know his fucking name. I don't care. He's dead. And then, of course, redhead fucking vampire. Gu- dude, guaranteed. Redheaded vampire bride. Every fucking, every yep. fucking, t- every fucking time. Every time. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> no, but if you if we if we ever do a Dracula movie, we gotta we gotta homage that shit and be like, oh, you're, you're redhead, you're dead, you're ginger, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, she's out, and then it's again. Then I feel like they the couples kind of switch. It's almost like Charles is like suggesting. Hey, yeah, it's true. Yeah, your dude's dead. She's a vampire, and then it's kind of like they're working together. Um, Dracula seems to have a bad attitude, but I don't know why. He just got resurrected from the from the dead. <laughs> think he'd be fucking happy right he also seems to have lost his intelligence so he kind of came back maybe he didn't come back fully it's like you remember like uh pet cemetery where you only come back like it's only half of you right like, right because you, yeah, like, you don't fully come behind. back yeah so i feel like he's pretty cranky <laughs> um <laughs> i'm just laughing at the idea of just cranky dracula like oh it's so drafty in here and, uh, can somehow, we get some... his cape huh? got better so that's yeah. the thing, like, over the course of sequels, like, they change people's costumes, and you just go, like, so who sewed him a better cape? Was it this dude? Like, I want to call him, like, Lurking Larry. Like, Larry the, who just lur- lurks in the corner. Like, has this guy, actually, has this guy, like, lived in Dracula's castle his entire life? Like, is this the gypsy servant that was missing from the first movie? Like, has this guy just been there the entire time and nobody noticed him until this movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like he's been there the entire time. He's like, just been lurking in the background. He's yeah, like, well, like this is like time. a villager that Dracula plucked, has like <laughs> abused for thirty years, gave him bad haircuts, doesn't let him change his clothes, but then says, "Hey, give me another fucking cape, sew that shit together, and I'll reward you with like I don't know." I'm just imagining this now because I don't know what he re- rewards his gypsies with. Um, Renfield uh, ate bugs in the book. Right. Um, yeah, I, the the guy here was uh, was he actually called Renfield? The, I don't know. Was he? Or maybe I maybe I, he he acted so Renfield. I just yeah. took him as Renfield. Well, again, like I said, they're they're picking and borrowing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm looking at the cast list and I see nobody named Renfield. So he just played it like that. Yeah, he just played it that way. Um. This is a hard movie to find online. I don't have the DVD. I was looking for a DVD collection that just has the Dracula Hammer films. It's virtually impossible well, to find that set. Coincidentally, Amazon... this that? actually comes out tomorrow on a Blu-ray. Of all, believe it or not. That's funny. Shout Factory's yeah, putting out a like, Blu-ray uh, of it tomorrow. Yeah, Shout Factory is good. They're doing like this um, anniversary edition Blu-ray. I think I came across something like that. Um, Amazon has some of the later sequels after Prince of Darkness, which is great if you're a Prime member. And I'm, we're not plugging Amazon; they don't sponsor our show. I'm just saying, if you need, if you to want to get stuff, your fix, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I was talking on something else recently, um, and I was saying, uh, it, well, it's an entry for 
for box office, which is which is magically going to pop up in people's uh, playlists any any minute now. <laughs> um, um, I was talking about how like I just want the movies. Like if you could download a movie to my brain directly, I would take it that way. Like I I'll watch it on VHS, I'll watch it on DVD, I'll find the Blu-ray, I'll go online. Basically, my my entire goal is just to get the material. You know, you right. know what I mean? I had to watch Prince of Darkness on a video site from Asia. Really? Yeah, with like uh, uh, I found with, it fairly oh, Japanese I subtitles w- on the side of the screen. So oh, I wish you would have told me that. I would have told you a better way to find it, but that's all right. It's too late no, now. That's all right. I don't mind Japanese subtitles. I just uh, I just wanted to play the movie. You know. Well, here's the. It has like multiple. I don't know what the differences are, but apparently there's like slight differences between the U.S. and the U.K. version. That's probably true. But I'm not sure what, because in fact that new Blu-ray has two different versions. So I guess if anybody wants it. There you can go get watch two different versions of it. Uh, their version probably has more suggestive bestiality and <laughs> necrophilia, and ours has more violence and more Technicolor blood, which just looks like actually fuchsia paint. Um, this is how Dracula goes out. Dave was a little confused by this, but we went over this in in a Facebook Messenger, um, and maybe it uh you know made a discovery for Dave. Again, the text, the original text says you know Dracula can't cross running water, and the cool priest starts shooting out a frozen pond that Charles and Dracula are wrestling on top of because they try to steal the other chick and they actually catch up to his driverless coach, get the other chick out of the coffin, push Dracula's coffin onto the ice, and then Charles, dude thinks he can just fucking take Dracula out, so he tries, which is really fucking not a good idea. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. But they're wrestling, and then the priest takes out his rifle that he's had since the beginning of the movie, and just starts blasting holes in the ice, and Dracula goes into a watery grave. And then Dave's like, yeah. "I didn't know he was a. What'd you say? Like, is he afraid of ice water? Or how did you put it?" Well, I just didn't know he ice water could take him out, or just yeah. I, I. Apparently, that was a detail I missed. Again, these movies did not sink in. Yeah. Hydration. <laughs> Dracula can't get hydrated. <laughs> get your electric lights, Dracula. Um, yeah. So he goes underwater. That's it. And then this bastard movie known as Dracula Has Risen from the Grave that comes out in February of 69. First of all, it opens up with a teenage boy riding on a fucking bicycle. So you know you're in for a good time. Uh, This is about a small village that receives the full brunt of Dracula's tear after this priest tries to exercise his castle. And Christopher Lee comes back as the archbloodsucker. And he's going after the bishop. I guess they're calling him a bishop. So he's a priest. He's a bishop. Who knows? Go. There's a niece involved, and and he's got to like. What's weird is like. He expresses the fact that he's taking his revenge out on somebody, and I'm like, I didn't realize over the course of these four movies that Dracula had vengeance towards anybody in particular. And if that were the case, wouldn't it be against Van Helsing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because this seems like this is his village, and the villagers there pretty much stick to their rules. Like, it's not usually the villagers that try to kill Dracula; it's the people that get stuck in the village or visit the castle. It seems like most of the townspeople know what the fucking rules are, and they don't ever kind of—they don't really usurp the power in the area. I would even think that Dracula's been paying off the church with some kickbacks over the years. To like look the way over some of the murders, you know, we know about a few of them, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Some of them get into the public eye, but I think there's a lot that go under the the rug, so to speak, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, but um, and the, the guy is really weird. I didn't have time to really look up who the actor was, but the priest in this movie, like I said, to the previous sequel, the priest in that movie is a fucking like that guy's a badass. He makes you want to put on a collar, go kill vampires, fucking right now. Like, really, take up the fucking sword of Christ, go kill some fucking vampires. The guy in this movie, like. You're, you, you like you think this guy's gonna just kill himself before he even gets a chance to kill any vampires? You you know what I mean? Right. Like, and also, there's no connection to the like who like the girl dang, dangling from the bell tower has no connection to the rest of the movie. They blame it on Dracula. Then they're chasing Dracula again. They repeat some of the footage from the other movie to catch everybody up about what's going on. Uh. Yeah, this one felt very cobbled together. Yeah, this is like, uh, and, but again, I don't, Christopher Lee is there, but I don't get it, because everybody else has abandoned this movie. Like, cinematographers have changed, directors have changed, the script writers, and I'm not even calling them screenwriters now, because there's no effort involved here. This is like, not even cut and paste, like, I feel like they had a story that had nothing to do with Dracula, and they just kind of put this movie together, um... And the bicycle, the only thing I can think is, like, bicycles did start showing up at movies in the 60s. This is kind of a big thing. There was a lot of movies in the 60s that had bicycles. So we're, like, in the early or late 1800s, early 1900s, but this is a hard movie to get through. This is a, I called it rough. Like, Dave, we were playing catch-up on the sequels, and we were like, okay, let's let's stop here and try to catch up. We're going to binge through three of them. By the time you get to this one, you don't want to watch any more Dracula movies from the Hammer Films family. You really don't. Like, yeah, I don't know what to say besides that. Like, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, and you're like, if it can't get any better than this Risen from the Grave sequel, then you're just done. At the end of the movie, Dracula's like, I got you guys! Ah." (laughs) And you're like, what? You know, (laughs) yeah. with the exception I mean, I, of dude does stick a giant stake in his fucking heart, and then but then he goes, uh, <laughs> "You did it wrong." <laughs> and then like, I, I, I will say, credit where credits do this. <laughs> These movies have great stakings, if yeah. if you will. Like, like they, you basically, they, you wait like ninety minutes, and then you get like ten minutes of action that makes you go, "Oh damn." That's a, you know what you just kind of nailed it. That's the problem I had with these movies is they they were so 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 unevenly paced mm. like it boring boring i mean and it's not and anybody who knows me it's not that i like i can't stand slower moving movies but like there's just like not enough plot to fill these things out so it just drags and it drags and it drags and then something happens christopher lee comes on oh that's cool and then he's gone for a while now it's boring again <laughs> i just um you know i watch these I, I feel like i'm not doing a service to anybody who might be interested in these but i I gotta say, I was disappointed. Well, They're very... I mean, you could, we could help them navigate these sequels. They can literally go the original, then they can jump into Brides, and they could watch Prince of Darkness. They can skip right over Risen from the Grave. I can tell you that much. Um, they can actually skip the next two sequels and go right to Dracula AD 1972, which comes out, folks, in 1972. But of course... If Dave and I want to keep, like, peeling our eyelids back, and it's almost like we're taking the treatment now in uh, Clockwork <laughs> Orange, 
if we want to keep salting our wounds, then we will continue on with Taste the Blood of Dracula and Scars of Dracula. <coughs> Those two come out in the same year of all of all things. They both come out in, in 70, so I feel like that's one movie that they that they split into two somehow. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I kind of want to burn off the series, but I really thought we'd, we'd do this whole thing, December is for Dracula, and, you know, our buddy Nick had recommended that we extend it to, like, how do we incorporate modern Dracula movies into it, but, I mean, we're getting, like, uh, we're getting our, we're getting sucked down to the bottomless pit. It's, it's, it's pretty so, I mean, I, I had, I mean, I, I will, I'll be happy to, like, if anybody wants to point out, like, the best Hammer horror movies to watch, but I gotta say, man, like, I've never, I, I know of the legacy of Hammer horror, but this is my first exposure to them, and, I don't feel like these were the right ones for me to watch. They just didn't connect with me, mm. um, you know. But I'm still willing to check them out because I mean, there's there's great things about them. Like there's uh, in the first one, like this the this the uh, the fucking scars on the forehead, or you know, the burn yeah. into the the cross. Uh, the brides of Dracula had some crazy performances and some interesting stuff. I mean, the even though I may have been confused, the the ice uh, Dracula getting on the ice finale was pretty interesting. So there's there's all good elements to these movies, but well, as a whole, AD 1972 has like a descendant of Van Helsing versus Dracula, and he shows up in the 70s, and it's supposed to, it's modern day at the time, right? Because it comes out in the 70s, it is the 70s. Mm-hmm. That I mean, I was trying to get to Dracula AD 19. That was the whole my secret thing for this whole thing was like get to that movie. Um, is that like the best of the bunch? Like I think maybe we summarize the other ones. We finish our Dracula for December with Dracula AD nineteen seventy two, and then I tell you how you get to a movie like The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Because by the way, at some point Dracula took a trip trip to China to help out some Chinese va- hopping vampires. I, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I mean, Chinese vampire movies are like their own. Oh, I have a whole subgenre. You know what I'm saying? There's like, a there's thing. a series I've been meaning to watch called Mr. Vampire. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. Have it's, you watched those? That comes around because of the legend of the seven golden vampires. So huh. the hopping vampires in uh Asian mythology are awesome. And they have, like I said, they're a whole subgenre of movies. But what we'll do is we'll give you one more December is for Dracula entry. We'll talk about Dracula AD nineteen seventy two. We'll at least mention the other sequels. But that will be our primary focus, and then we'll talk about maybe our favorite version of Dracula or how it relates to uh, to modern Dracula movies. But it'll be a later episode, because um, David needs to recuperate from these movies that have left the taste in his mouth. That's not there. <laughs> this is the, I mean, and Dave's the film, like, like, What's funny is Dave could have easily found himself enjoying these movies, and and it's like ringing oh. ringing his neck to get through them, you know. <laughs> well, I was looking forward to them. Like I said, I was you know like, and and it's not like you know because I don't like older movies. I love older. I'd rather watch, but I'll be honest, I'd rather watch a Bela Lugosi Dracula before this one again oh, <laughs> or dang, these guys. Dang, dang. I know that's a that's through that in the gauntlet. That's, that's like uh, that's like Jay Sherman critic. Um, <laughs> it's funny you say that. I've been watching those again lately. <laughs> I'm starting to feel like that guy. I get further and further away from actually making movies and just like being pissed at movies that I see. Stinks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we'll be back, folks, with Dracula AD 1972. That'll be pretty awesome. But uh, that wraps it up, dude. So 
Um, yeah. If you're if you have red hair, I don't know what to tell you. You're definitely gonna die tonight because you're gonna get eaten by a vampire. It's just a done deal. Like we've already we've already enough evidence to suggest that if you're a ginger, you're dead. That's just the way yeah, it just is. Don't hang around European castles. Yeah, just don't visit Carlsbad. Do not t- book a trip to Transylvania. I know you've seen those ads. I've seen a lot of Facebook ads lately. You know, saying come visit the Transylvania. Don't do it. Unless you're Jeff Goldblum and uh, Ed Bagley Jr., then uh, <laughs> you're fucking going to be all right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> That's a deep pull for anybody who knows what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, they're going to have to look that shit up. We can't do everything for them, Dave. Transylvania can't hold their six, hands while they're binge six, watching. 6-5,000. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> huh. You know what you're going to do? You're going to find out where else you can find binge watchers on the internet. It's a vast wasteland, but you know what? Let's point you in the right direction. You can go to Facebook at binge watchers. You can find our page there. Pretty awesome, cool stuff. A little video post, some funny things there. Also, episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can also check us out Twitter, binge underscore wanters. And you can find my personal Instagram at realjohntma on Instagram, of course. All right, have a good night, folks. We'll see you next time. <laughs>